Welcome to Success AF Customer Success Podcast Series. This is JD. And this is Elena. In Series 2 of our podcast series, we explore customer success trends and the future of CS. Each episode is a short and insightful discussion or interview. We also apply a global lens and explore cultural nuances that create a unique twist. In this episode, we have Momo Ong from Heads Up as he joins us to discuss product-led customer success. Remember to subscribe for more Success AF. So today, as JD mentioned, we have joining us Momo Ong, who is a product builder, manager, and entrepreneur. He also is the founder of Heads Up AI, who help customer success and sales teams by providing easy access to product analytics to enable CSMs to identify churn risk and upsell opportunities. So it's a chance for us today, for both JD and I particularly, to understand more about this hot topic being product-led growth and success. So welcome, Momo. Um, please say welcome, hello. Momo. Hi, hi. Thanks so much. Um, thanks so much, Elena, and thanks so much, JD. How's everyone doing? We are well. We had a few uh, audio hitches this afternoon as we got going, but... <laughs> the best way to start Series 2, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always with uh, technical issues. But uh, Momo, how's your day been? And could you tell us a bit more about yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. So Sunday has been slow as, um, as it should be. A little bit about myself. So I actually am a third culture kid. I grew up in Jakarta, Indonesia. I'm Singaporean by citizenship. So I served NS in Singapore before spending the last 10 or so years in the United States. And even within the United States, I was in the East Coast, so New Jersey, and then Washington, D.C. Then I spent time on the West Coast as well, in Seattle, as well as in San Francisco. I love to travel, and I'm very happy to be back in Singapore right now to build Heads Up. So Momo, could you tell us a bit more about your journey building your company Hitsup.ai, and also how COVID has actually impacted that or maybe challenged you in the growth of the company. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started Hitsup.ai with my co-founder. Both of us, we were employees at this B2B company in DC called Fiscalnote. He was employee number three. I was employee number nine. And so we worked together for three years. And four years after working together, we decided to come back together and get the whole team together to start a new company. Now, with regards to COVID, normally this would be a company that could only be based generally in the U.S. because we are selling to U.S. addressable markets, predominantly in the East Coast and also the West Coast. And everyone says, especially when you're very, very young and when you have a lot of back and forth to do between product engineering as well as the business side, being together makes for very, very fast iterative reps. Of course, yeah. Yeah. But because of COVID, I'm Singaporean, so I came back here. And what we found is that we're able to be similarly as efficient, but uh, based the company A completely remotely with two islands, one in the US, generally in the East Coast, and one out of Singapore. So it's been a really nice touch. I don't think, for example, our employees and also our investors would be as understanding and as accommodating otherwise, but uh, it has worked out just fine. Wow. 
So it actually turns out that it was more a shift in attitude culturally rather than any limitations, really. Yeah, I would say so. It definitely isn't a binding constraint towards the success of a company. There are definitely processes and one needs to be more disciplined. For example, we have a rule where we don't have meetings and exit meetings without documenting the outcomes. And we try not to have synchronous discussions that are important because then the rest of the company is left out. So we institute these processes to accommodate the distance and the remoteness that we have. So it definitely is doable, but one has to be very disciplined about process. Thanks again for joining. So to start off, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's a fairly new area for both JD and myself. Uh, tell us a little bit about what product-led growth is and how it really is product-led customer success. So product-led growth at a high level is defined as the go-to-market strategy where the product is the main vehicle to acquire, to activate, or to retain customers. Some characteristics of product-led growth companies include a free product or a free trial. It also includes subscription-based billing or API-based billing. Now, product-led growth in the recent times has emerged as a go-to-market motion that's very popular, both for digital native SMB companies, as well as the in an enterprise. And there are two primary reasons why product-led growth is very interesting as a go-to-market motion. Number one, the unit economics are much healthier compared to traditional top-down go-to-market. And number two, because the product is driving so much of the growth, it's much more scalable of a business model. As you know, in go-to-market, it's very difficult. There's a lot of pain points to scale from, say, 10 go-to-market individuals to 100 or even 1,000. In product-led growth companies, the ratio of revenue compared to the number of reps needed is much higher. So one can get to the 100 million run rate required or 200 million run rate required for IPO without as many go-to-market individuals. So could I summarize that to say it's uh, a little bit taking a really quantitative data-driven approach so that you can be more scalable in terms of how you apply customer success? I would agree with that statement. Yes. Okay. Okay. So allowing CSMs to be more proactive with kind of a just-in-time sort of outreach rather than kind of adhering to a predefined life cycle or cadence. For sure. For sure. Okay. And because there's so many parts to the product, so many different features, it's very difficult to have very discretized life cycles and apply discretized cadences to that. In the long term, it'll shift to think about Facebook on the other side of the spectrum, right? Think of how Facebook as a product interacts with users. Every user receives a bespoke interaction from Facebook. You can see that as the other side of the spectrum and product-led growth being somewhere in the middle. And then more specifically, you know, how do you see customer success changing? So at a high level, customer success will play an ever more important role within the go-to-market team in product-led growth. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, in contrast to pure top-down go-to-market motion, where the relationships are fundamental, right? It's all about navigating the org chart. It's all about identifying the decision maker and who within the organization needs buy-in. In contrast to that, product-led growth is all about understanding whether the end user is deriving value from the product. 
because the end user is the champion, not the buyer. Right? The end user is the individual who will invite other folks in. He's the individual who will tell his or her manager that this is a good product, right? And socialize this within the company and without the company. Now, if we think about the core fundamental responsibility of customer success is to ensure that the end users, the end clients achieve the desired outcomes with product, which is exactly what's very important in PLG. The other way to think about this is in top-down go-to-market motion companies, closing the deal is 80% of the battle, right? <laughs> or closing the initial sale. But now if you look at a, if you look at a notion, if you look at a Figma, the initial signup and getting the initial credit card swipe is just the first step of the journey. What about the rest of the team? What about other teams within the organization? What about going wall to wall in Microsoft, for example? That type of account development or customer development takes years and it's much more of a customer success slash product usage initiative as opposed to a top-down sale initiative. Of course, it's not just pure product-led growth. It's not just mm -hmm. pure usage. We can talk about the nuances and how top-down go-to-market motions are interspersed with bottoms-up motions in good PLG companies. Gotcha. Yep, I agree. And just wanted to add a comment here because I come from the open source space and a lot of that is a lot of the, what you would call the bottoms up motion right Absolutely. now, uh, in contrast to the, I guess, top down motion that has been around in the enterprise sales motion. So I see best practices of both of that coming together right now, where you get both the users to start using the product first, right? And the first credit card swipe at a very low barrier of entry, but at the same time, the account team is trying to get buy-in from maybe the CIO level or CEO level, the C level in, in general, which actually comes back to what you were talking about, Momo. I, I do see a lot of that happening in, in the market right now, and it's uh, really exciting. And I do see how CS plays a very critical role in ensuring that we get both account alignment with the executives or decision makers, but at the same time, uh, ensuring that the customer is on track to achieving their outcomes. So thanks for sharing that, Mo. It was very insightful. No, no worries. When we were discussing it earlier, um, and as I was doing some initial research, to me, it makes sense, PLG, from an SMB perspective. What I'm really interested in, and this follows on well from JD's comment just now, is how can we use it to drive more strategic conversations, and particularly in the enterprise space? Yep, that's a great question. So one way to think about the enterprise, it's a commingling of many SMBs, right? Look at a Microsoft, for example. They have multiple teams, each of which can be treated honestly as enterprises and then sub-teams who can be treated as SMBs. So what happens in product-led growth is that there's initial adoption at the individual level. And that initial adoption often expands up to the team level, right? So you'll have an organization, they'll have multiple teams using a product if the product has product market fit. Now here, the goal of success and here, the goal of go-to-market is to sell the enterprise plan or to go high to make sure that there's a wall-to-wall -wall subscription or wall-to-wall -wall solution. So here's where CS can be strategic, right? Uh, the ability to identify which teams are using this product, which teams are happy, and what the incremental value of an enterprise end-to-end -end plan would be is, is the conversation that um, AEs and CSMs would have when they go high. And JD, to your point, 
especially in open source, there's like a high and a low strategy, right? There's evangelism at the bottom level, then there's SMB mid-market sales into tech leads and managers. And then at the CIO level, there's much more strategic longer-term conversations about how Confluent, Mongo, Elastic, et cetera, can be effective. Yeah, exactly. So there's a very good blend of that in my space right now, but that's only catering to the open source space. I'm also interested to find out, for example, in Elena space where you started off as SMB, but now you're trying to sell into the enterprise. How do you get product-led success to drive these strategic conversations? And Momo's point was very valid, you know, particularly in an organization that has a strong land and expand motion. It is very easy to have a small footprint or even multiple small footprints in, in multinationals and global organizations. And then, you know, sometimes that struggle can be, okay, we know there is opportunity here. How do we really quantify that, create a compelling narrative and use that to get the right audience, whether it's a, a CIO or a CTO? One question is, um, whose job is it to have that conversation, right? And in a lot of companies, it's still the account exec's job to do that. And we can talk a little bit about how responsibilities shift or we anticipate these responsibilities shifting over time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so talking about job functions and how the account team will have slightly different segregation of duties moving forward as product-led growth impacts organizations so Momo, what, what do you think? How will product-led growth impact organizations and job functions? Yeah, that's a great question, JD. So a couple things will happen. Number one, there'll be increased blurring between sales success and marketing. If you look at traditional top-down go-to-market motions, the delineation between marketing and sales is relatively clear, right? There's an MQL handoff. And likewise, between sales and success is also similarly clear. The moment you close a customer, customer success starts thinking about the post-sale. There's a handoff there too. Now in product-led growth, all of this is blurred. How so? If you look at the freemium model, right? Let's say you sign up for a Figma, you sign up for Notion. You haven't paid a cent, but you need to onboard. You need to start using it. So there are notions of activation. There's notions of onboarding there. And those fall under the jobs to be done of a customer success individual, right? Now you're a free tier and eventually you reach the the edges of that. It's, for, it's time to be upsold, right? You, you want to upsell into a credit card swipe SMB tier or maybe even an enterprise tier. Those are upsell motions. And we can debate on whether customer success or sales should own that. There's two schools of thought. <laughs> but here you have a situation where sales comes in after success on board and activates the customer from a free motion, right? Now on the marketing side, you might be doing marketing at scale into paid users. So it's not just that marketing is the key generator of MQLs and that's their only job. So those are some anecdotal examples of how sales success and marketing are increasingly blurred in product-led growth go-to-market motion organizations. I agree. And I know from Elena's organization that a lot of the long-tail customers are actually driven by the marketing team, right? Correct, yes. The marketing team. Yeah. So we can already see parts of that happening in the market right now, actually. But moving on to the next segment, so how about 
increased alignment actually between maybe CS and product or even engineering? Yeah. So product is all about getting a product to product market fit and making sure there's adoption and usage, right? In a similar manner, customer success's job in product-led growth companies is to facilitate that too, to make sure that the end user gets commensurate value from the product. So in that way, they're increasingly aligned at the job to be done level, right? But what does that mean tactically? It means that CS and product management are joined at the hip with regards to prioritizing and understanding which features to build, understanding what are the gaps and what are the bugs in product, and also responsible for accelerating expansion and also driving um, advocacy, I'd say. Yep. Yeah. And I'm all for it. I do see that product-led growth needs to be the future because that's where we can get a lot of data points with respect to what Elena was talking about to achieve that just-in-time kind of support or um, insights that we need as CSMs. And because of product-led growth, we can get sufficient data points on how to enable our customers more and be more proactive. With all this data driven from product-led growth, Momo, how do you think CSMs can actually future-proof ourselves for this shift in the market? So recall that in product-led growth, the role of the go-to-market team is to make sure that the user is getting value from the product and expanding that level of value. So tactically, that means it's very important to understand what the user is doing within the product and to understand everything that's happening with regards to product interactions. So for the customer success rep, visibility into how clients are interacting with the product. And also number two, the ability to interact with the user, not just the decision maker, not just the buyer, but with the user within the product and also without, for example, by email, via chat. Now, that's at a very high level. What does that mean very tactically? It means that um, a product user journey needs to be very well-defined. The onboarding gates and onboarding steps need to be very defi uh, well-defined as well. Notions of activation as well for every feature, every flow, right? It means that there needs to be an automated way to be proactively notified whenever, for example, people stop using the product, people get stuck on onboarding, people are not activated after some time. After no proactive notification occurs, there needs to be a way for CSMs to engage, oftentimes at scale, because in product-led growth, especially when you sell into SMB, the dollar sizes are very small, so the books of business are very large, right? So you need to have channels to engage in a bespoke way, but still at scale to reach and educate these customers to make sure that they continue to drive value from the product. I would say those are, in my opinion, structurally and tactically what needs to be there to be future-proofed. Now, in terms of skill sets, it means that CSMs need to be much more data articulate. They need to be much more similar to product managers in understanding how users are using or not using their features and acting on it less so from a product building perspective, but much more from a customer advocacy and success outcomes perspective. Definitely, and that is exciting. Seems like I will have to get upskilled on <laughs> user experience and a bit more on data storytelling, which we have always been talking about, right, Elena? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So again, thank you for joining us today, Momo. Uh, great discussion, very interesting for me. Uh, I would summarize to say, so product-led growth allows us to be, as CSMs, highly scalable, more proactive, give us that just-in-time outreach. 
will give us the ability to bring together data to create a compelling strategic narrative that supports a top-down GTM motion as well as that, that bottom-up. And then finally, in terms of skills of the future, so it's really an evolution of the need to not only understand and interpret data, to turn that into a compelling story about value realization and doing that in close partnership with product. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. First episode of series two. Please do keep the feedback coming. Uh, let us know any topics of interest or, of course, if you would like to join us. And remember to like or follow Success AF on your favorite podcast platform.